We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Chargers fans. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Today, I'm joined by Johnny Kinsley, the author of the Deep Ball Project. Johnny, how you doing today, man? Thanks for joining me. Phenomenal. I've always wanted to be on a Chargers podcast, so pretty hyped right now. Yeah, I mean, you were doing a lot of work, and I know one of your most recent posts was about Justin Herbert and this whole deep passing thing, so I can't wait to talk about it. Just before our viewers, you know, for our viewers who don't know, because I, I honestly, no offense, didn't know who you were. We have not crossed paths on social media at all before last week, and then a bunch of people were pointing out that, hey, you got to get this Johnny Kinsley guy on the show. He has this great deep ball project and all this stuff. He's a great resource for this. So I figured, heck yeah, and then of course you have Justin Herbert, who is arguably, even if he isn't the best, He's arguably the most fun deep ball passer to watch. So talk to me about this deep ball project. What is it? How did you start it? What's going on with that? Okay, so I started the deep ball project um, when I was a freshman in college. It was around um, it was around like January 2015. I was like, I don't know which quarterback it was. I think it might have been like Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Mm. But I was watching him or yeah. And uh, I noticed that, hey, uh, like what, like, charting these deep passes are, are like like these deep passes are like are, are like obviously the most fun thing a quarterback yeah. can do sort of like play extensions like 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 simply just throwing it down the field like I thought that was a lot of fun and I figured since no one's really charting it outside of pro football focus but of course they have like those are premium stats you've got to like pretty much pay right. for them. I figured why not why not do it myself and um go from there and then over the years, it's evolved. I've, I've added, uh, I've added like accuracy percentage, which takes complete, mm. takes completion percentage out of like outside, like completely out of the box, and um, charts the accuracy of a throw regardless if it's caught or if it's dropped mm. or whatever. And oh, wow. I think that like obviously that puts a uh, better perspective on the on the uh, overall quality of a deep passer, in my opinion. And I've done, I've, I've, I've done this for seven years. It, like it's usually out uh, late February, early March. It's, it, it will most likely be out um, early March uh, this year. I have, um, I have seven hmm. quarterbacks on the chart. I've already charted Justin Herbert. And uh, if I, if I'm able to like the spoil a bit, he currently leads everyone in accuracy right now. So that's, Ooh. Yeah, that yeah, that's kind of that's that, that's kind of a big deal. He was top he was top ten last year. I think he was tenth okay. last year in deep accuracy. So obviously there is room for him to grow. And then and like now he's just like he's he's definitely going to be in the top ten at the very least this year and has a very good shot at being number one right now. That's fantastic to hear. And of course, Chargers fans would believe it. You know, I think somewhere in the top five, just off the top of my head, makes sense to me. 
Uh, just because people do chart things differently for you, deep passes is how long of a pass? Okay, so when I when I originally started out, it was it was it, it, it was less specific. It was uh, it was going by play by play from ESPN Pro Football Reference right. um, and NFL Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It was no, it was no, it used to be any throw of 16 yards or more, but then. Um, Several years ago, I changed that to 21 because that, like that, to me is a is a good minimum for deep passes. I know some sites yeah. like Pro Football Focus use 20 yards. I decided right. to use 21 yards because that, to, like, like that to me is that to me is like the perfect minimum for deep passing. So um, for distances, I use uh, I, I use like three types of like distance splits right now, like throws of 21 to 30 yards, uh, which is which is which is kind of like the uh, the short game. Uh, sure. of deep passing and then the, and then 3140 which is you know like like intermediate so to speak mm-hmm. and then every, everything else and everything that goes further than 41 plus yards is uh like one split by itself so i use those three splits um to chart quarterbacks and their accuracy and their raw stats right now that's awesome and then just for also for for clarification these are passes that have traveled 21 yards or more or that the the passing play itself results in 21 or more yards so like a dump off for forty yard screen or something. No, yeah, not, not that. Like no, no dump offs. It's twenty one yards Perfect. past the line of scrimmage. Even even if the throw itself is like twenty one air yards, you know, because uh, it like that mm-hmm. includes yards behind the line of scrimmage. It's twenty one yards past the line of scrimmage in the Perfect. air at the very least. If it like if if it's caught like just before, like like say like say it's caught for like at like twenty yards in the air. And then like, but, but but then like the play itself is like, oh, it's like 30 yards and 40 yards and 50 yards. That play still doesn't count. It has to be 21 wow, okay. yards Good. at least to officially count. So some throws Good. are out of the way. And, and, and that's why it may look a bit different than other sites when it comes to deep accuracy. But it's a model that I've stuck with for quite a bit. No, that's fantastic. I just wanted that clarification just so everyone was sure, like just to clarify to make sure that that's what we're talking about here. Okay. So Justin Herbert, that is obviously the, the main topic here. I don't know how much you can share or can't share because I know you have your whole project coming out. But we're getting to Justin Herbert, a guy who every time he rolled out to the right, everyone got out of their seats, everyone held their breath. There was something special that was going to happen. And he did it from any platform, whatever he needed to do. He got it done routinely. There's at least one or two throws a game. It felt like he was just doing something magical with some sort of deep pass. So talk to me about Justin Herbert and the season that he just had. What did you notice? Where does he stand? I know you've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but talk to me more about Justin Herbert. So I think like I think Justin Herbert is um at the very least a top four quarterback. He's definitely in the top five for me. Mm. Um what what really stands out about him, obviously the, the arm strength really stands out. Um yeah. to like to kind to, to kind of go into detail about why his arm strength is so good. Like I like to me, I feel like Justin Herbert is kind of innovating what a deep passer can do. Cause mm. this is a guy that can throw like obviously 20, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards, uh, a fat, uh, like a fastball in the air, sometimes even 60 yards in the air, like, like, uh, yeah. as, as of the Jalen Guyton throw, um, mm-hmm. against the, against the giants, which, um, to me, to me, might not, might not even be the best throw from the season because, um, mm. go, like going back a couple games, there was this throw against, um, the Eagles, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah, it, it, was, it, it was it was like under nine minutes in the third quarter. It was a throw mm-hmm. to Mike Williams. It was, um, it was like it was it was a it was a pass that like really stood out to me because he was throwing it across his body first off, and, mo- and in, in that case, like when everyone's throwing uh, the ball across the uh, across the field, right. 
in most cases they're try they're trying to make it a jump ball. So uh, like I, I and obviously if like the worst possible scenario is it's basically a punt um, mm-hmm. if it gets picked off. And of course there's a possibility of incompletion, so you can start over again. So they they usually float it up in the air um like 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 an absolute moonshot you know right but but like what makes justin herbert different about that is like he fires that like 50 yards in the air except it's a fastball and it's into a tight window like like that that that's Mm -hmm. that's the thing about this throw like this throw to mike williams that i was like specifying about and i i think like is part of what makes herbert so special is that he was throwing a fastball um like right, like right into a tight window across the field. Like th- this is like this is not something that like most quarterbacks do. Like this is not something that like I don't like to give an exaggerated estimation. Like ninety eight percent of quarterbacks can even do this. Is, like right. this, this is the kind of stuff that um, previous generations like bragged about when it came to like the arm strength of John Elway or Dan mm-hmm. Marino or yeah, uh, Favre. And yeah. Justin Herbert to me um, brings like brings like those like those same similarities if like if you know. Um, so yeah, uh, I think Herbert is like basically innovating like what deep passers can do, and this is crazy because like this is in a league where it, it seems like Patrick Mahomes is doing everything he can to like throw from like any angle on any <laughs> Yeah, Justin Herbert is further innovating it. So mm. yeah, I I just think he's absolutely special as a deep passer and. I'm I'm really excited to see like where he can go from here. Hi, that's fantastic to hear. So let's compare him to some of these AFC counterparts. I know that the Joe Burrow one is easy and everyone's talking about it. And at this point, I think everyone thinks that if we talk about Burrow, we talk about Herbert, then we hate one or the other. We just want to bring another person yeah. down. That's not necessarily usually the case. There are some people on social media who go that way, but um, I would love to know maybe Joe Burrow and also Patrick Mahomes, I guess, since you brought him up, what kind of comparisons are there between those two guys? Because those two, I guess Josh Allen as well are really the class of the AFC when it comes to throwing the football right now. Yeah, so Mahomes, obviously Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe him or Rodgers or whatnot. Mahomes, Mahomes, like regardless of that uh, that terrible <laughs> second uh, half, second half he had against yeah. the Bengals, I think he's the standard right now, especially since Brady is retired for now. Anyway. Um. As, like as I said, I, I think he is. I think he is like one of the three best arms in the league right now, along with Herbert and Allen. Those those guys mm-hmm. to me have the best arms in the game right now, especially when it comes to uh, deep accuracy and fitting it into uh, windows before they close. Um, Mahomes Mahomes is more mobile than Herbert. Herbert Herbert has good mobility, but Mahomes is kind of a bit more of a scrambler. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that. He's a run first kind of guy, but he's de- but he's definitely a guy that's not afraid to scramble. But he's but he's definitely like a pass first quarterback. He just uses his mobility to create all these windows that no other quarterback can do. And that's, that's the same thing for Herbert, except it's kind of different. Um, arm talent or like making off platform flip. Like he 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 has. Shown he is capable of making off-platform throws, as he showed again in that game against the Titans. You know that, that controversial call that where uh, there was a whistle and like ended up being correct. That um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was not out of bounds. But anyway, that's for another time. <laughs> um, Bur- like Bur- Bur- Burrow's accuracy is definitely good. I think I think he's definitely a bright spot in the FC. Like which is which is crazy because I there there's like five quarterbacks right now. Um, in the AFC that you could argue uh, could be could be top five or like borderline top five. It's Herbert, mm-hmm. Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, and then Lamar. 
um, mm, on the mm-hmm. side. Burrow, um, uh, I don't think his arm strength, I, I don't necessarily think his poise are quite as good as Herbert, but I think they're good. I like for me, he's top 10 with Herbert. I think he's more of a game changer in the league. He just happens to have uh, a receiving corpse. That's not quite as good a defense that, you know, had the worst run defense in the entire league. It, it, it seemed like I, and obviously I'm, 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 I'm not going to dispute that uh, Burrow definitely has the worst offensive line, which is not to say the Chargers <laughs> have a good right. The right side of the offensive line is definitely concerned, but the, but the thing is like, at least it's, a little bit better than the one. Yeah, three fifths is better than zero. Yeah, I think. I think Burrow is a good uh, quarterback right now. I def. I don't think he's on the level of a Herbert right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just. I like. I. Th- I think uh, both of these guys are definitely going to be like some of the faces of the NFL for the next uh, for next like five seven years. So I'm pretty excited to see if these guys can keep facing each other and potentially uh, have a playoff uh, matchup against each other. Yeah, no, we were all really hoping for that because the Chargers, if they had matched up with the Bengals, they already did earlier in the season and kind of swept the floor with the Bengals outside of a couple of Eckler fumbles that really let them back into the game. Otherwise, the Chargers really took it to that team that made the Super Bowl. Oh, and the other AFC Championship team, the Chargers beat again earlier in the season. So the Chargers are there, but like you said, get that defense, you know, fix a little bit of that offensive line, maybe shore up that receiving core. They have a lot of holes, but that's for a whole another topic, whole another time. So one thing I think Chargers fans really debated, and some people were able to chart this. I started to just do first down offense the entire year, and you've chart just charting, you know, play action, deep ball, short pass, screen, you know, inside zone, outside zone, whatever. And I think something that people were debating because they had felt like they had watched it more last year is that Herbert was just throwing fewer deep balls this season. Now at the beginning of the year against the Cowboys, I think two were called back. There was a 50-yard touchdown to Barham that was called back. There was another win to Mike Williams that was called back. I think a lot of Chargers fans feel like he wasn't throwing as many deep balls. And I think by Chargers fans, it means like the 40-yard bombs as he was last year. So what was kind of the difference between, if you have this in front of you, if you don't, I didn't ask you to prepare it, so sorry. Uh, But what was kind of the difference between 2020 and 2021 when it came to the frequency at which he was throwing these deep passes and like the really, really explosive deep passes? Well, for me, uh, I, I have I have some of the charts available right now. Um, I, ha- I I had him down with uh, 51 passes of 21 plus yards. It, like this excludes uh, throws um, offset by penalty, miscommunications, uh, for, and uh, other other exceptions like that. So we had he had like 50. I had him down with 51 attempts uh, in 2020 and 2021. I had him down with 46. So if it if there's any real difference, it's kind of minuscule and um it kind like it it it, it isn't like it it isn't that big of a deal to me because the receiving corpse you know ha- like doesn't really have that true burner they have mike williams who is a 50 50 kind of guy mm-hmm. and he's he's going to be a free agent and you know his like his status in la is in doubt so right. uh they could tag him they could bring him back or they could let him walk and try to find a cheaper or more explosive option like 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 someone something that combines the two could be good uh keenan uh, allen's definitely a guy that's been uh like top 10 borderline top five for years but he's not he's not exactly a vertical threat and he's also right. not uh, a speed receiver but we've mm-hmm. we've, we've known that. Like, he, like he's had numerous injuries right. about music that have also hampered his speed as well um and then and, and that and and that kind of goes into like why they why they decided to keep uh, Joe Lombardi uh, because mm. like I, I I truly believe Brandon Staley like trust that 
Lombardi can get the most out of a guy like Justin Herbert. The issue is, of course, um, th- like like I a lot a lot a lot a lot of Chargers fans have pointed this out to me too. Um, Justin Herbert apparently had like a lower average depth of target than a guy like Mac Jones, which uh, right. when, I, when I first heard that, that really surprised me because Mac Jones is not necessarily an accurate deep passer. He's not necessarily known as a guy right. um, that will throw that, that will throw the ball like twenty one yards down the field. And and coincidentally enough, like Patriots fans have complained that that uh, the offensive scheme uh, in New England is also not letting him throw deep enough. Uh, <laughs> right. So, like, it, like, it kind of goes full circle from there. Um, so I, I will, I will say about this. I like, I think I, I feel like the distances, like, like the peak distances were much longer, of course, because Herbert had several throw had like a couple throws that reached like 60 yards or more mm-hmm. in the air. Um, it's, it's, it's just the fact that like, I think the receiving corps, like to some extent, need, like, need, like needs to be overhauled so that they have, like, they have, they have guys, um, that can, uh, stretch the field vertically and also get, and also get those home run balls um, that, that, that Herbert is so famous for right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy that they unfortunately took away was Tyron Johnson, who was, you know, they were yeah, deep yeah, yeah, not yeah, a, not I was, a ton. I was, I was like say it, but like, I felt like, yeah, that like that, like that, that guy showed like a bit of flash in uh, mm-hmm. Herbert's rookie season. I was pretty surprised when they cut him. Yeah, no, we were all very surprised because in, in training camp, we saw what they did last year. Then in training camp, it was every day was Joe Lombardi and Justin Herbert and Tyron and Johnson just deep ball, deep ball. There's at least one per day at training camp where they were just hitting and torching Brandon Staley's defense. Granted, it was just practice and training camp. We figured, okay, here we go. You know, let's, let's redo this. Let's bring this guy back. And then they cut him because apparently he can't play special teams, which again is ironic because I don't know if you saw this. At the end of the year, he had joined the Raiders and he punched out a football uh, when he was facing the Chargers on special teams. So they cut him because he couldn't play special teams. At the end of the year, he makes a game-changing play on special teams against the Chargers. So what a fun one there. And it's the way they used Mike Williams is also different too. Like he was more, I don't know what his route tree or his heat map would have looked like this year, but they were trying to use him more as that true sort of X works the slants, uh, more curls, stuff like that. Whereas the previous regime seemed like they were just chucking it downfield more and making him do those jump balls that kind of put his body at risk. They're big chunk plays. They're really fun. They're really cool, but they're low percentage. Yeah. And they also just put his body at risk. And it wasn't exactly the right way to go. My, my feeling for how Joe Lombardi tried to get Herbert to work this year. And I think a lot of the quarterbacks who are facing that cover two are struggling with it. To me, it felt like Justin Herbert was like, hey, or they were asking Justin Herbert to go, to learn how to play defense and to learn how to jab first. And then you could learn your hooks, your uppercuts and whatnot. You got to learn when you start boxing, you don't just run in and start throwing right hooks, uppercuts and all that. You got to learn to protect yourself. You got to learn to jab. And I think they, they were teaching Herbert to do that. And I think a lot of Chargers fans were really frustrated by that. I don't know how you felt watching the two different offenses. What do you feel were just like the philosophy changes in between? The, I don't know if you <laughs> you follow a lot of different teams and you've covered all these quarterbacks. So it's, if, I know I don't want to ask you to prepare for this, but did you feel there was just kind of like a different philosophy change between 2020 and 2021? With Joe, you know, with Shane Steichen last year, and then Joe Lombardi this year. Um, I like I I don't, I don't know if I don't know if like a change in like re- like really existed as much as like the expectations changed because yes, because, um, yeah, because when the when the Chargers started out four and one, um, a lot mm. like a lot of people didn't like really expect this like e- like even even though like like most of us myself included were were expecting Herbert to have a really good season. We just didn't think that Herbert. 
um, was going to be playing at absolute superhuman levels um, at this point. Like we were expecting, like 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 if he was going to do that, maybe like year three or year four. But he just took it to sure. an absolute different level. And and the fact they were able to beat teams like the Chiefs and the rate like the Raiders and winning these shootouts that they would normally lose in uh, previous Chargers regimes, um, I think had a lot of us like expecting that they could go on a, a pretty deep playoff run. But the problem was, I think like the talent, the talent level was a bit um, top heavy. You Like obviously mm-hmm. Justin Herbert could like pretty much put the team on his back, like whenever he felt like it, which was luckily for the charges in 2021 all the time. Yeah. Um, the, like the issue was the offensive the offensive line still had holes. The receiving corps wasn't great. It, it definitely had pieces, but it like, it, as I, as I mentioned previously, it definitely needs to be uh, retooled um, in free agency. Um, and of course the run defense, as I, as I mentioned, was absolutely atrocious. So though, like those are things that were being like masked a bit by Herbert and Staley. It just, the, the problem is like deep, like teams eventually figured out that, Hey, we could just, we could just run these guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately. And yeah. Um, like we, 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 sorry, excuse me. Uh, we, we can just run these guys and uh try and beat them in a shootout uh well like which is another thing it was absolutely impressive that they were able to win in the shootouts against the chiefs and raiders the problem was they never got out of the shootouts they were pretty much in shootouts like the entire mm-hmm. season there wasn't one stretch uh where that like where they weren't in a shootout I, like i think um the the Bengals game was kind of an exception even then like austin Angles fumbles as you yeah. just mentioned uh kind of kind of kept it like a lot closer than it needed to be so i think like i think like going 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 back to the scheme and like um uh the deep the, the deep passing i i don't think the scheme really changed all that much it like it was basically the expectations and like what like what, like once we set our expectations like really really high like i like personally, I, I felt like it was a bit unrealistic, and it kind of overshadowed the fact that this team, this team, definitely needs to improve its depth, especially uh, on mm-hmm. the run defense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, they potentially do have to improve upon the receiving core, depending on what happens with Mike Williams. Today's the first day that they could tag him. I don't anticipate that happening anytime really soon. I do think he will be back. Um, how much do you think Mike Williams? Because we have to talk about it, like. Is he to you? It's kind of a you know, I haven't really had your perspective on this. Is he going to be worth the money to Justin Herbert and this offense? It's going to be a lot. And I think that if you look at the problems that they had on, on defense or even on the offensive line, of course, there's money to be you know spread elsewhere. But you know, is Mike Williams going to be worth it to Justin Herbert? And is it worth honestly overpaying him and probably giving him a contract they'll never live up to? But is it worth doing that for Justin Herbert to keep him going? It might like it. It might be at this point because this is like this is a guy that uh, has uh, a combined like eighteen hundred receiving yards uh, with with Herbert through two seasons. I like I, I and I totally understand. Like this is not a, exactly a guy that uh, separates a whole lot. Like he like he's kind of he's kind of like beneficiary of a, a lot of busted coverages, surprisingly. But this is also a guy that you can trust to throw a lot. Uh, like to lob the ball in the air or in, or in Justin Herbert's case, like throw, like throw it like 50 yards on a rope and uh, he's going to come down and make a play. Like the, uh, like the fortunate thing is with Herbert, um, like a guy like Williams doesn't necessarily need to adjust a lot. He just has to go up, uh, win, win at the catch point and make a play. The pro- the pro- the problem is I don't think Williams is a wide receiver one. He doesn't really play like a wide receiver one. 
he like he, like his his route tree uh, is is not quite as versatile as some other some of the other free agents like Chris Godwin mm-hmm. or a Michael Gallup or even Devontae Adams, which is an absolute pipe dream. But yeah, of uh, course. That's for- <laughs> Um, so at best, I see Mike Williams as a really good wide receiver too. Like uh, definitely one of the best, uh, jump ball receivers in the league. It's Mm -hmm. just, um, they are, they they are definitely going to want to pay him or at least franchise tag him for an, like, so he's around for at least another year because, uh, looking at this receiving course right now, they, uh, don't necessarily have a lot of proven vertical threats. And I think Williams, like, even with the flaws that he has, like at least provides that, which is a perfect fit for what Justin Herbert does. Yeah. It's part of the reason I wish they had kept Tyron Johnson. And I think he would have been a free agent this year anyway, but you at least have that option again where, okay, at least we do have our wide receiver three vertical threat. And I feel comfortable moving on from Mike Williams because we can find a round two guy later on who can kind of make that work because Tyron Johnson's a great vertical threat for us, but now he's gone and they have a different player, but they had like a Hunter Henry last year. So they almost have forced themselves now to keep Mike Williams because their depth on their roster is just like, there's nothing there for them at this point. And you could replace Mike Williams in the draft. But like you said, you know, I don't know for this year that you want to do that. I wish they had prepared better. I wish they kept Tyron Johnson based on the things where the things are right now. Like they kind of have have to at least tag him. And if maybe down the road after the tag, you make it work, you find somebody else. Sure. But I think for this year, they're a little bit stuck there. As far as receiving cores go for these quarterbacks that you find are either the best deep passes or at least able to maximize the arm strength of the best guys or the guys with the best arm strengths, as far as the receiving core goes, how many receivers do you think it takes for the, like, I guess a a number, three, four, how many receivers should these best quarterbacks have to maximize their arm strength? I guess what I'm getting at is, if the Chargers bring back Mike Williams, they definitely have two wide receivers. How much do they really invest in a third, true, you know, excellent vertical threat versus bringing just back like Jalen Guyton, who was a wide receiver three and who was serviceable, but that wasn't enough for this team. So, how, do you feel like some quarterbacks, the best ones, are the ones who need like? Do you need three options there, or do you feel like they can kind of get by this year with keeping the same, bringing the group back? I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it's like this. This is definitely something that I've thought about uh, when I when I watched the Chiefs this year with Mahomes. Mm. They had, like they had, they had guys like uh, they had Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, which obviously can yeah. uh, stretch the field, uh, play like pretty much like any uh, area of the field. But the problem was uh, like like outside of that, like they like they didn't really have that third guy. That like they had McCole Hardman who is fine but like he's not exactly like a wide receiver too in my opinion he's more like he like right. he's more of a guy that you try to like scheme open and then he'll make a play like he's not going to necessarily make a play on his own at least compared to Tyreek or Travis and I felt that was a problem for them all season and 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 that and that's like a and that's definitely a similar case for the Chargers so yeah I I would I would say they need they need like they need like at least like three receivers that are able to uh, stretch the field uh like Put, like pretty much play like short intermediate vertical uh make, like mm-hmm. make like make make plays after the catch i know mike williams isn't necessarily a guy that you associate with creating yards at the catch but he but he is a vertical guy as we've discussed so um and and like especially with the backfield especially with austin eckler who can uh like who who, who, who definitely is uh one of the better receiving backs if not the best receiving back in the league that yeah the, 
that that is going to be something that that goes a long way for these Chargers if they're able to get a guy like Godwin or Allen Robinson or or even um, Robinson Godwin e- even I'm trying to see uh, a cheaper option like like say DJ Chark who's a free agent this season who's right. pro- mm-hmm. like who's, who's proven very who's proven very good as a kind of vertical threat or or, or e- even Mike Mike Gesicki, David Njoku, if 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 they're if they're trying to like upgrade for the tight end like immediately instead of like looking for the draft, right? Because uh, like those those guys from what I've seen have fantastic uh, wingspans and and contested catch ability for the tight end position. So those are definitely guys they would want to consider. Yeah, after the Pro Bowl where Herbert threw two touchdowns to Mark Andrews, everyone's like, yeah, let's get Herbert a tight end. That sounds really good. And of course, it all sounds good in theory until Gasecki's commanding, you know, fifteen million dollars a year because he wants to be a, a wide receiver tight end. Uh, I won't keep you too much longer. So, any final thoughts on Herbert, this offense, Joe Lombardi, and then where do you think this offense is going to? Where I guess where do you think Justin Herbert's going to go moving forward? Is this a sustainable thing for him? Can he be a top three, top five guy for a good long while, or do you expect some more like volatility in this stat? Honestly, I've, I I I do feel like he's going to be a top three quarterback. I I did mention that at the beginning of the podcast he was he was kind of like a top four, top five quarterback. Uh, he, like he 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 can definitely be a top three guy for a long time. Um, I I I I did I didn't mention he's a phenomenal deep uh passer. He has terrific deep accuracy, but like that like that's definitely not his one thing. He's not necessarily like a one trick pony in that regard. His poise is definitely like taking a huge step forward in the sophomore season. Um, he like he's he's definitely not afraid to take the safer throw like and uh get and uh give or, or uh, excuse me take what uh the defense gives him. So he's so he's capable of uh, throwing underneath when, whenever he needs to, and uh, of course whenever 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 he wants to, uh, like he's able to throw down the field. But he's not too overly aggressive. He's not a uh, inconsistent boneheaded decision maker which I think really sets him apart from a lot of aggressive deep passers uh, that we've seen throughout the history of football. So yeah, I like, I, I definitely think uh, Herbert is uh, due for at least one MVP over the course of his career. And he definitely has the talent and uh, like uh, the talent and the mindset to do so in my opinion. Yeah. I don't recall if he's the number one favorite writer for MVP, but I'm sure he's up there in the top three for this upcoming season. And, you know, pro football focus, you just mentioned him being, not being reckless. I think he's like top three in turnover worthy plays in terms of being good at, you know, at keeping that down on deep passes. It's just, it's crazy to have a quarterback who's that talented with that arm strength, who's also just that smart. So um, Johnny, I really appreciate you joining me, man. There was so much information here. I love having this conversation. Thank you for joining me. Where can Chargers fans find you? And when is this deep ball project going to drop? Where can we keep an eye on that? So, so you can find me on Twitter at Brickwall Blitz. Um, I am also a writer for the Panthers at uh, Riot Report uh, from the Roaring Riot Network. Um, I also do fantasy uh, dynasty coverage for Dynasty League Football and the Deep Ball Project. Uh, most likely, uh, at like at the very least, or very most, but like whatever one you want to prefer, is most likely going to drop next week. Um, I have seven nice. quarterbacks on the chart, and then I have to go through the rankings, uh, the numbers, and uh, well, like which quarterbacks are, f- are first in the stat and which quarterbacks are last. So one from first to last. So um, at um, at the very least, this this should be out by next week. All right, Johnny. Thanks for joining me, man. Chargers fans, enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully, Mike Williams, that whole thing gets resolved soon. We'll see you in the next month, of course. Everybody, take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.